Welcome, everybody, to uh, today's podcast. My name is Winston Smith. I'm a faculty member at the CCF, and we're joined today by my co-host, Miriam Herzog, and Ed Welch, a faculty member at the CCF and author. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, Winston. (laughs) Today, um, I wanted us to talk some about the recent tragedies that have been in the news, and um, uh, not to just weigh everybody down, but if you, if you just think back over the last couple of years, it's just been a, a string of horrific killings. Um, going back to January of 2011, um, Jared Loeffner shoots Congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman Gabriel Giffords and 18 others in Arizona. In uh, July of 2012, um, a man uh, walks into a movie theater showing the, the most recent Batman movie and um, kills 12, wounds 58. Uh, December of 2012, uh, we all remember the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Connecticut. 26 people murdered, mostly children. And then um, just a couple of months ago, the bombings at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. So it's just just unrelenting month. Yeah, it seems like it gets quicker. Yeah, time yeah, like on. the cycle, it gets yeah. shorter every time. So what's what's next? And there are all kinds of uh, questions that people ask in the wake of these things, but one of the most obvious ones is why. Uh, everybody's asking why. And, and I wanted um, your thoughts on um, how do we respond to the why question as Christians? Is, is why a Christian question? Is it a helpful question? One of the things I've noticed with suffering is there is no one answer that satisfies everybody, and it's, right. which is which is what we'd expect from the way the Spirit works. Right. Uh, it you know, that people have been ministered to in their suffering in so many different ways, and that's and it's just part of the Spirit's creativity and mm-hmm. and unique interest in individual people. So, the question: Why? Uh, just a couple quick thoughts. Is it a biblical question? Absolutely. You see it all over the place. I mean, you see it in, all over the place in Job. You see it all over the place in the Psalms. Yeah. So it's a biblical question. I would think that if we we're going to say one thing about the question would be this. There's a big difference between saying, why? Why did he do this? Versus, Lord, why have you done these things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, the, the, the why questions I find... They're, they're speaking about the Lord as if he's a distant, distant bystander, mm-hmm. but they're not speaking to him. And I think as a counselor, one of, again, it's not my first response to everyone, but to oftentimes it's, that's, that's a really important question. It's, that is a question on your heart, and let's speak those things to the Lord and, and see what we get. Yeah. So <clears throat> that one word question, why, can be coming from lots of different angles there's there's a there's a way to ask why that's full of faith that there's a there's a way of asking why that assumes God is near and wants to have some clue as to what's going on and how we're supposed to participate in it and there's a why which is an angry shaking of the fist at God and uh, but there's a way of asking that's that's really more of faith in the in going back to to just speak these things to the Lord that's the way to cut through those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter why the per, what might be behind the why question, yeah. it okay. Let's speak these things to the God who hears because these are really good questions. Other people have asked them. It's 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 a question that is real direction 
toward toward for others as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, why is is I think an especially appropriate question uh, that reflects our that reflects our uh, nature as image bearers. Why mm -hmm. kind of? What do you mean? Go ahead. Because um, why kind of a, assumes that there's a wrongness to it. Okay. That we're mm -hmm. not just in some. Encapsulates some material be. reality mm -hmm. right. that there's a wrongness to it that makes us ask why. We don't ask why for things that make all kinds of sense that are just yeah. part of what we'd anticipate in God's yeah. creation. Yeah, there's something, mm -hmm. there's something that no one can deny is horrific. Right. Not just dysfunctional, but horrific about these things that have happened. That demands more than just kind of materialistic causality. Which assuming the counselors are always eager to find something good in other people. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat you're mm -hmm. you're 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 saying to ask that question, you're on to it. Okay. Yeah. This is an important question because it's not the way we would anticipate yeah. the world of the world that God has created to be. Yeah. yeah. Great, that's helpful. Thanks. So so how would we begin answering that question biblically? Uh, that's different maybe from the way the world tries to answer the question. Mm. I mean, if you, you know, if you, as the world begins to go down that road, you get all kinds of, you get, you get answers that are all over the spectrum. I mean, I, such as, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read one blog um, in response to the Sandy Hook shooting and uh, 28 possible causes were listed. 28 possible causes? Yeah, ranging from uh, Asperger's syndrome, Oh, okay. To mm -hmm. video games, to violent movie content, to the availability of assault weapons, uh, his parents' divorce, his father's remarriage, you know. I would um, hope they would be unsatisfying answers to people. I, I didn't find them particularly yeah. satisfying. Somehow I felt like, well, no, no, one of those things certainly is the explanation. And even when you lump them all together, you're just kind of left, that's doesn't, that's not really enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll jump in again, and I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, why, why did this happen? Why did God allow this to happen? Mm -hmm. I'll go back to the first thing I said, that, that sin, I'll answer it a slightly different way. Since I have not found a whole lot of people who, after I've given one version of why, to say, yeah, that's it, that's so helpful, now I got it. Mm -hmm. Since I, I rarely find that my words are, are that useful for folks, I will hang out with, okay, it's a great question, and it's an important question, and, and let me pray that with you. And, and, and my task there is, is sort of pastoral follow-up. I'm praying this question along with you. What are you seeing in Scripture? What have you heard from other people of you as you've raised this particular question? What has the Spirit been emphasizing for you as you, as you, as you try to track this question down? That's not an answer to the question, but I find that pastorally, mm -hmm. I tend to persevere with that particular strategy. And, and sometimes I'll say, Here's, here are different ways I've thought about it myself as a way to almost, let's just think together about this. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily adopt my particular response mm -hmm. here. But let's think about this very important question. So you, you're trying to you try to steer people away from kind of a single factor theory, to where are they already getting pieces of the answer, and how do you become part of that? It's it's in part the spirit. I, I believe the spirit is working in their lives, and, mm -hmm. and the spirit might take them to something that is a little bit different than than yeah. what I've anticipated. So it's, in some ways, it's a way of showing respect to another person. Right, and and and, and biblically, we'd say the Bible doesn't just give one answer these questions so we shouldn't be looking for one answer. Hmm. 
Um, what do you think about? For example, yeah. you know, you have here's one answer. Okay, and let me ask you a few questions. Okay, and where were you at this point, and where were you at this time during creation? Right. That's one version that can be very helpful for people. Uh, another is that there's we are children who who may never be able to grasp the sophisticated love of our God, and so there's just. Yeah, there's this. Yeah. There's this. A breath. Since it's such an important question, there are all yeah. kinds of ways the scripture approaches it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering, do we as Christians have um, one one important element to contribute to the conversation, which is the mm-hmm. reality of evil? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you've thought about it along these lines. Ed, is there a way that um, talking about what's happened as evil that moves the conversation forward, even with even with unbelievers, that's that that points us ultimately to something more hopeful. Uh, um, maybe I hear people talking about evil, though. I hear believers and unbelievers talking about evil. Now, when you talk about evil, what what do you mean? Are you are you are you saying that it is ultimately an expression of the evil one, or what? Yeah, when I as I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking that there is um, an actor in our world that isn't God, that isn't just um, human, ordinary human behavior, that there is a spirit, a personal spirit of evil in our world that finds expression through, through humans. Um, and that we ought to, as Christians, we ought to factor that into the way that we think about these things and, and respond to them. Can I push you a little bit on that? And I, yeah, the reason I'm pushing you is because I'll, I'll use the word evil with, with people, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm introducing a word. They're already familiar with it. I don't feel like I'm necessarily opening up mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a, a new way for their faith to perceive. Mm-hmm. Uh, to speak specifically about the ultimate author of evil and Satan himself in those situations, I don't find myself typically going to those places because I'm concerned about my own particular pain and, mm-hmm. and to identify Satan as the ultimate author, it just, it just doesn't seem to be that relevant to my particular struggle. So I, don't, I, don't, I certainly talk about Satan in, in ministry, mm-hmm. but I don't talk about him quite as much mm-hmm. in in, in, in early stages of people's suffering. So go ahead, what, how well, do you go with that? Well, I guess I'm thinking about how when these kinds of tragedies happen, these and other kinds of tragedies, people feel out of control. Um, and, they, and, and in that sense of being out of control, they latch on to what's in front of them, what's easy that's in front of them. And I, I think the reality of evil says both there is something that you're not that you're not just going to fix on your own that's beyond your ability mm-hmm. to fix on your own and therefore it sends you down a different path of possible responses such as um well you know at the risk of being too simplistic the solution to evil is is love not not just human sentimental uh love um but but the love of Christ and and as a christian i don't have to try to figure out steps to make sure Sandy Hook never happens again mm-hmm. because evil is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, no set of legislation or rules or laws or preventative measures can really stop evil from happening. But if I'm thinking I want to walk in the love of Christ, what are, what are the things that Christ calls me to do in love right around me, right in my own home mm-hmm. that, 
that have an effect on the reasons that those things happen. I, I'm with you, and I love that. And in, uh, perhaps another expression, evangelism, would be the most prominent way to, to fight against evil. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do, however, find, this is my own immaturity, it feels a bit cosmic to me. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, you know, maybe when I grow up, <laughs> that's, that's where I'll land. But, but it's the... It's the, it's the if I know someone, if I know them well, or if it happened to me, it's, you know, the nature of suffering, it keeps me relatively yeah. small. <laughs> Lord, help. Right. You know, give well, me comfort. Open yeah. my eyes to see yeah. eternal realities a little more clearly in the midst of this. See, I, I think, and as we're talking, I think you're thinking, how do I speak to the, to the sufferer? It's mm -hmm. almost like you're imagining yourself speaking to the parents mm -hmm. right. of these children. And I guess I'm thinking more broadly than that. This broader... Um, cultural conversation mm -hmm. we're having. Right. So you and so you're more grown up than you think you are. And can I give you an example? You're so kind. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I'd love an example. Um, I mean, um, someone shared with me a, a piece that you're working on, which is like this kind of response to gun control. And uh, you're you're talking about very specific ways that we can respond to gun violence. And. Um, so, for instance, you said, well, one thing we can do is we can, we can have some more honest conversations about anger as, a, as Christians, as people in our culture. Um, you said we can um, think more carefully about Matthew 7, this passage that has to do with judgment, the way we judge one another, the dangers of, of, judge, of judging. And you're thinking about these angry um, people who walk around with guns killing people, right? We can talk more in the church about parenting what do we how do we how do we shepherd our children um, uh, to me that's like and <laughs> just immensely practical mm -hmm. and it gets to where the real problem lies in the human the human heart uh, the evil ways that we cling to our own anger and judge other people so could I ask you to if no I, if you, I didn't just yeah because you, you, you did it really well I appreciate what you just said the it, and it seems as though the broader world is, is in tune with exactly what you said, where matters of gun control become the issue, and they become the issue for a week, mm -hmm. and, or, or autism becomes the issue, it becomes the issue for a week, and, and then, then, then people recognize that the issue is much more complex than that. And, and I think what you're saying is that there are the scripture just sends us to everyday issues, and but for some reason we miss them. <laughs> and, and just you, you mentioned three or four, and just the matter of anger to put that back into the public domain, and it's close to the public domain. There are good secular books on anger, which which you know from their own limited vision, they're they're on to some very important matters. Mm -hmm. But for the church to to show how scripture identifies anger, mm -hmm. identifies it in a way that makes the absolute sense, that, that highlights issues mm -hmm. of anger because so many people have been terrorized by it. Mm -hmm. and, and with the children, spouses, people who have less power. Mm -hmm. to, to, to identify, to put that on the map mm -hmm. and then to, then to offer this, 
these powerful words that go deeper than anybody ever mm -hmm. anticipated. So any one of those things, yeah. I'm just taking anger, you could take yeah. fear, you could take mm -hmm. parenting, but, mm -hmm. but anger would be the one that I think yeah. we all have to resonate with that. Well, I have an idea. What if we get back together and next time we, we kind of put our shoes in the parent of, uh, who has kids who like playing violent video games, who have questions about what they hear in the news, who, because they're normal kids, are, get angry and yell at their brother and sister. How would you, how would you talk to mm. your kids about that? Mm. Great. Yeah. Sounds great. You want to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, um, until we meet again.